next on Rugby Wrap-Up, Brian Ray, Dan Power, and Matt McCarthy make sense of the Major League Rugby season and playoffs and pick a coach of the year. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub. The Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up, talking Major League Rugby in the stretch run, the final drive for the playoffs, and the MLR Championship Shield, or Champions Shield. And to discuss all this with me is none other than Dan Power and Brian Ray. Uh, Dan, you're in front of the the board there. You've got the X's and O's going for us. Can Austin win the championship? Austin cannot win the championship uh, for rugby this year. The virtual championship is still up for grabs. They can go back to back. But uh, stay tuned. That one probably in uh, November. And Brian, you're in front of uh, what looks to be the Free Jacks' new home. Yeah, they're just playing a little uh, game of uh, lacrosse behind me here at the beautiful Veterans Memorial Stadium, soon to be home of the New England Free Jacks. Okay, uh, and Dan, I'm stealing from your thunder a little bit on Twitter, where you did a very heartfelt salute to the Toronto Arrows. I am therefore in the powder blue of the arrows, our brothers from Canada, because it, without them taking this one for the league, this season would have been completely different. Hey, I'll, I have no jurisdiction in saying this, but if it is possible, I would love to see perhaps in 2022 an all-star or, or maybe the championship game to go into Toronto as a thank you for what they did this year. All right, let's talk some rugby. We, we, well, I was just kidding. I knew that Austin got eliminated and it was in dramatic fashion actually at the hands of their big brother the Giltinis and the combination of the Utah Warriors coming back and stealing a point in that loss if not if I'm not mistaken in getting four tries San Diego lost I I think it surprised me did it surprise you guys Dan a a little bit but in hindsight looking back probably not that's a long trip from San Diego to DC and their season done Uh, that's their last game so along with Toronto, their season finished. Uh, they have a bye next weekend. So, yeah, you, you want to finish on a high note, but DC probably at home, a little fresher in front of it. It looked like a good crowd too at Segra. So um, probably just more to play for in front of it. And hindsight, I probably messed that pick up. I should have looked at that a little closer. Brian, speaking of last games, the Arrows played their last game and you were elated to say that they were coming home at last. But... Do you like the bye week thing at the on, on the last week of the season? I mean, if your team was in contention or had a playoff spot clinched, they could take the week off and rest. But now you don't have a game on the last game of the season. Yeah, uh, I, I don't really like it. I hope they get rid of that next year. I mean, either way, it, it, someone's going to complain that there's an advantage or, you know, or yeah, they should. I mean, if, if that's the end of the regular season, let's have that the re- end of the regular season for everybody. So, yeah, not really a fan of that, but uh you know, I, I, I guess in this circumstance where the guys really want to get home, uh, it, it works out. Yeah, then we had Houston going into New York. The Sabercats took the life out of, out of the stadium when they scored the first try within like a minute. But then Andy Ellis and Dylan Fawcett each got the brace and suddenly they were on cruise control. Holland's head is just absolutely brilliant from the tee. He missed one conversion. New York did what they had to do, Brian. Yeah, they did. Uh, that the huge first half really helped. I really was a little bit worried in that second half when they started to slip for about 35 minutes. They went to sleep, uh, and I was very concerned that they, you know, 
the points that they needed weren't going to come, but uh, Max Stacy and Joel Miranda with that spectacular solo effort really helped them out, get some extra points. And as it turned out with what happened later, uh, they did all right. And his grandmother, Carmen Miranda, was thrilled. Here's one for you to ponder. How important will that Miranda try be this weekend if Nola win at the end there? Like, it's 20 points, basically, is the spread this weekend. New York will start plus 20. So, Nola fans, that's what lies ahead of you. And then you need four tries as well. And then New York can get no bonus points. So, good good way to finish. It is a great way to finish. And every, all the bodies are coming back, whether they're still intact or they're, they're going to get over their jet lag and they're whooping across the ocean. You know, it remains to be seen, but it's it's what the league needed and wanted. Then we had the Gil Crest Boltini part two with the Gil Gronies going into L.A. We were we disappointed by the the performance by the Gil Gronies in this one, Dan? Gilomania? No, I thought I thought they played well. Uh, there were some opportunities, and there was a couple of things that um, I think, in, in hindsight you look back on calls that were made in the game that could have gone a different way that affected the game. But the try that Harrison Goddard scored, great try off the lineout, but there's some plays before so that that got them. Well, I thought there were two. Oh, the, no, no, the, uh, Mixy oh. scored that one right. with the offside and the forward pass, yeah. may, allegedly, um, maybe. And then there's, yeah, there was the penalty against... Um, quick, help me out here, Hugh Roach. Hugh Roach. Uh, Matt, Matt Gitto tackles him and, and kind of... Hugh Roach gets penalised for touching an immortal, um, yeah. basically. And, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. It's tough for Austin. I don't think, you know, talking to some of the boys afterwards, they they kind of know that a season can't be dictated by one game and they probably left points on the table throughout the, the previous 16 weeks where they wouldn't be in that situation. So taking a good look at it and you just remember Austin – have come a long way in the last 12 months. So it, it's a great season for Sam Harris, Mark Gerard, and what they've done, that whole team down there. But uh, it was it was a good game. LA now get the opportunity to rest a lot of their, you know, their superstars this week against Utah because they're, they're boxed in, man. They're, they're the number one seed, so they're good to go. Yeah, yeah, fully agreed. I mean, uh, Gitto, that's two weeks in a row we've seen Gitto pretty much manufacture calls just by his presence. Uh, so that was kind of frustrating. I, I had to feel for uh, for Austin, for the, <laughs> the Gilgrody X, for some pretty bad calls in that game. But, you know, that's just how it goes. At the same time, they did miss some, some uh, you know, Hugh Roach was so frustrated with Patty Ryan for not getting that inside pass. It was a, an easy try if he just got the ball. So they, they did miss some opportunities, and uh, that's just the way it goes. I mean, you can't say that L.A. Uh, didn't deserve to win. They, you know, they did. They were the better side definitely in that second half, and they've been the better side throughout the season. Even if, even if they have dipped a little towards the end, uh, they are the better team. They deserve to be going to the, uh, the final. Then you had the eight, eight rugby ATL going into Utah to play the Warriors, and the Warriors without a bunch of their big guns managed to get a point out of that one, and that sealed the fate of the Gilgronis. Will the Warriors and the Giltinis play this one to win, or are they going to rest their players there? Well, it's a, de it's a dead rubber, isn't it? There's no benefit for either side to come out of this game. I mean, the Warriors cannot get a home semifinal. Um, the Giltinis have no reason to take anything out of it. Um, all that they can potentially do is lose players. So I think the Warriors will probably go light and rest uh, the internationals just to get a week to recover from the travel and the two tests. And the Giltinis will be pretty young. I, I think it'll be a good, actually be a good chance for 
not only Darren Coleman to, to have now a look, but also that whole hierarchy to have a look at, hey, next year, we've had a great year, but we're probably going to move some of these stars on. So let's have a look to see where the talent kind of lies. And it'll be the same for Pittman and, uh, and you know, Kimball and Brendan Sparks at Utah. You know, they saw Danny Christensen get a, a game um, on the weekend. Stood up, did great, and now probably stays in the in the picture for next year. If he doesn't get that opportunity, maybe they move on from him. So, yeah, it's it'll be an exciting game because I think a lot of young, you know, exciting talent coming through for both sides. But I, I wouldn't be putting out anyone that I would want to not have for that semifinal. Yeah, either way, that's going to be an exciting match seeing young players play or maybe some of those guys for pride bang heads. But you're right, they probably rest those guys. The next one up, New England, the Free Jacks going in to play Toronto in Atlanta, Ontario, Brian. And I, again, picked your arrows and was disappointed. Yeah, they're just out of gas. I mean, the guys had, had nothing left. You saw Sam Malcolm hobbling around on one leg. Uh, Tommy De La Vega goes to the sideline with a sore neck and then comes back in the game and, and scores a try. They had Giuseppe Dutois lining up on the flank at the end of the game. I mean, it was such a, just a, a let's just get through the 80 minutes. But to their credit, they did score a couple tries late in the game. And Alex Russell, who's only joined the team like two weeks ago, comes in. Uh, Vian Conradi running away. Looks like an easy run in last you know last play of the game absolutely nothing in it and russell tracks him down like two meters short of the line knock on game over so uh you got to give him credit for staying in it and uh and the whole season has just been guts from the arrows who just had everything against them so uh hats off to the guys and uh we'll see you next year yeah uh rousing standing ovation for your toronto arrows from all of us here and then we had new orleans Going into Seattle, coming off of their their Rocky versus Apollo Creed win, and then they fought Mr. T. And Mr. T in Seattle put, took it to him. Yeah, you, you almost needed the interview in the sheds with Sammy Manal before, and they're like, Sammy, what's your prediction for the game? My prediction? Pain. And then he inflicted some pain too. He went old school, Samu. Uh, it... Geez, it had that feeling, didn't it? I don't know how you guys felt like before kickoff. We did the game earlier and it was quite a long wait for this game to start because it was on the West Coast. And I'm just like, just got that feeling. Like that that Cinderella story of, uh, you know, the groundskeeper in Caddyshack, the Cinderella story. It's just, just don't think that four iron's going to get there, unfortunately. Uh, and it didn't. And again, Nola probably had the, the rub early on in this game. I thought Nola looked a lot better early. Just kept dropping the ball. Like, I'm like, how frustrating is that? Everything you've gone through in the last five weeks and you just kind of keep turning over possession, turning over possession. And yeah, they, uh, they haven't fallen, right? There's still a chance, but boy, they are stumbling at the moment. You know, you got to be happy for those, for Tony Ridnell and all those Seattle Seawolves C- fans that are so dedicated that stick through that stick with that team through thick and thin and Brian, they're close enough to Canada where you can embrace them. Yeah. I, uh, there was like a vintage seawall out there. As soon as I saw the lineup with Landry and Manoa in the back row, I just kind of, Ooh, this is, you know, these guys are going out here to, to put some hurt on there. And they did the, you know, the narrower field, uh, Nola just, you know, the, 
Dan Snyder, they just couldn't hold on to the ball. And by the end of the game, they're just trying to force it through on these 50, 50 balls that were hitting, you know, ankles and so on on line breaks. So, you know, credit to uh, the Seawolves for, for firing, you know, after what seven straight losses and coming out with a performance like that uh, throwback to the, the golden years. So great to see that at the end of the year for them. And boy, it makes things tense for NOLA fans this coming weekend. But they're used to it. They've been living on the edge of their seat the entire season, and I don't think they'd have it any other way. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to briefly go over our choices of coach of the year at this point and then go into a preview of next week's matches. Don't go away. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. been blind since I was four and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label none of that stuff influences me I drink beer because of the taste and my beer is Paps Blue Ribbon it has the taste and the flavor what do you think's on the label I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn jumping over fire That's good beer. And we are back. Dan Power, Brian Ray, and Matt McCarthy. Guys, Going into the last week of the season, we have a pretty good idea of who's been successful and who hasn't and who's had certain scenarios thrust upon themselves. So let's look at potential coach of the year candidates. Let's go. Let's each pick one and then we'll go around again and see if we concur or pick another one. I've got one from each conference. So Western <laughs> Conference first. Dan, I you're going to give us one first. Yeah, I'm saying I picked one from each conference. So I was go Western first. Okay. And Sean Pittman is my choice. Uh, the Warriors, uh, I'm going to say they're, they're perennial underachievers. They've got a very talented pool of players in Utah to choose from, and they've been very hot and cold uh, to steal the Katy Perry line there. And I think Pittman and Davies have done a fantastic job at consistency and culture. You know, the, 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 the important one that everyone talks about these days of – Putting this Warriors side together to, to win. They've gone some really good winning streaks this year and they're in the playoffs. Mate. They're back in the playoffs since the first time since 2018. Cool. So, yeah, it is. It is. So, I'll go Pitters with a, with a, a dash of Davies on the West Coast. Pitters with a dash of Davies. Brian? Uh, yeah, Scott Lawrence uh, from East stands out. ATL has just had an incredible year. He's got everybody, every player on that team knows what they're supposed to do. Uh, you know, they're making some crazy changes, or at least things that I think are crazy in the middle of game, moving guys around. Carlos is in one position, and then they make a tackle, tactical adjustment, move them somewhere else, and it works out brilliantly. So uh, I just think uh, everything they've done there has been fantastic. The defense has been absolutely killer. They haven't had a single game where you thought, Boy, they really stunk it out today. Uh, so that's pretty impressive yeah. uh, for a team in their second year. Yeah, and playing on the road well, uh, no argument there. But I'm going to go with a guy that I've said all the season long has had the injury bug face him. He lost a couple of guys because of COVID early on. The lineup was not at all what they thought it was going to be. Then, the then you know, guys had to play out of position because of injuries. They were playing all over the place. And then 
during their most crucial time, they lose a whole bunch of guys to the international test window and they do well, or, you know, they're on the road. They weren't supposed to be able to win either. And they did that enough to be in the position that they're in right now. So I'm picking the new Orleans gold head coach, Nolan, Nate Osborne. Who's your second choice, Dan? Nolan, Nate Osborne. Now, again, really going into this and, and, and we kind of chatted a little bit before if his team gets into the playoff, I think he almost locks that, uh, you know, uh, award up that he is the coach of the year, just what he's been able to do with the, the hurdles he's had to, to face. Uh, if they don't make the playoffs, I think you kind of revisit it because it's, it's a big part, right? You, you want to see the team in the playoffs as a, a sign of success. He's winning, but yeah, what he's had to do down there and, uh, it's been incredible. Like him, Ryan Fitzgerald, that entire organization, the players that have they've pulled up. I mean, there's some guys that hadn't played in three years they've yeah. called on during this window. And it's just they've stepped up to the plate and played well. And maybe that LA game was their grand final and they peaked, you know, a week or two too early with that one. We'll, we'll find out next weekend. But Nate's I, I, just an outstanding bloke and he's done a really good job. And I'm excited to see him next year, hopefully with a healthy roster and a full off season to kind of get going. Yeah, you know, uh, it was a kind of a two-horse race a short time ago, but uh, now it's it's really three. I, I mean, Nate, what Nate has done with that team uh, at this business end of the season on the road, that win over LA, uh, really some impressive work. So he just has to be in the mix. Although I think uh, you know Pittman has been outstanding that that whole staff with uh, with Utah as well. So I I think there's three in the mix. I don't think there's any way you can discount any of them. Uh, and uh, looking forward to see how it pans out the rest of the season. I'm I'm going to go a little crazy here, and I know I'm going to be called a homer, but I am close to the what's going on in New York, and I see it kind of more than I see everything else. So um, Marty Veal was an assistant coach. And he had to take the reins of New York when Greg McWilliams had to step down, unfortunately. And he coached as a head coach without an assistant coach for a third of the season before they brought in, brought in Marty Burke to handle the attack. And then he lost his starting fly hat. And he had to juggle and manage minutes for Andy Ellis. And then, again, he lost his assistant coach because he was under contract to go back. So now he's doing it again. And they're they're in a good position right now. So I, I think he's got to be in, in, in the mention, uh, but all those choices are excellent. Now let's move on to next week where this will prove out which one of these guys is actually it. Scott Lawrence is a front runner. I, I would imagine too. So uh, the first game up next week, Houston going into Seattle. Uh, after the weekend, it'd be tough to, to pick against them. I mean, Houston still had some fight in that second half against New York and they got some players. They're probably going to want to send heels out with a win. Um, man, Seattle putting together uh, a good looking roster up there. And again, I, I know there's going to be some turnover on the, especially on the playing front next year for Alan Clark's side. So there'll be guys playing for their contracts, probably Seattle, Houston, a bit of Thursday night footy, which is new. So have some fun, enjoy it and looking forward to it. Jeez. That Seattle team just looked like a different unit uh, over against Nola. So I, I got to go with uh, Seattle at home. I agree with you guys. I'm going to go with Seattle on this show for the second week in a row, which is not easy to do on this during the season, but Adrian Balfour, you get this pick. Uh, the next one up is the big one. Nola going into New York. This is as tough to pick as they come. I love you, Matthew, and I love the great city of New York. I'll go Nola by 19, though. Oh, 
oh, you just really teased the New Orleans fans. <laughs> oh, Dan, that is that is cruel. That tease that you're putting on Nola fans. I actually just I, it's it's to put it on you, Matt, because I think you're doing this game, aren't you? I just want you trying to figure it out. That the numbers flying through your head there at the last minute, I'm, I'm trying I'm to figure it out. Pointing it all off on Petri. That's all I'm doing. Perfect. That's right. Yeah. I did that my whole career. It yeah. worked beautifully. Exactly. Brian, what's your objective take on this one? Well, I know that you're rooting against New York secretly. yeah dead scenario is an absolutely perfect picture for me i would just love to see that just total mayhem at the end players standing at the pitch looking at each other did we win did we lose what's going on here uh yeah i'm gonna go with nola to win the game but fall like painstakingly short because it's such a big gap 19 points and 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 you know it really depends on the lineups here so much rides on the line out especially with you know if, if you give savetta and breakley and if Fawcett's fit and they get i mean how are you going to stop them from scoring tries and getting and getting a bonus point Camp Dolan has been yeah exactly the league the so lineup. they they need Dolan. They need to fit Kyle Bailey to get in there and just make a mess of that throw. And that's the that's their chance. That's where it's going to be won and lost. And they can't give away. Nola cannot give away dumb penalties in field position. So there's so much intrigue going in there. So so I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Nola to win, but uh, just not quite enough. And New York just squeaks in by you know, a fingernail into the playoffs. So you want that Denver Stampede versus the Ohio Aviators ending? <laughs> oh and no! The rugby <laughs> final. <laughs> that was all, just crazy. I'm like, me and Steve Lewis are on the field. We're like, and I'm like, no, no. Dad, you were there, right? We were I like, was there. Yeah. No, no, they didn't win the championship. That was great. That was great. But I think, I think all that chaos will, could, could in fact be there, except for one person, and that is Dan Hollinshead, who is yeah. the coolest cucumber on the planet and can kick those kicks. And just that is the weapon that they have been missing. And it's not a knock on Harry, Harry Bennett, who played admirably in his absence. But you saw what he did when he started last week against Houston. And I know it was Houston, but Houston was, was there to play. And it doesn't matter. It's where he's hitting the kicks from. And he's, unf- he's unflappable. And that I think he's going to be the, the calming difference in this match. And, of course, Andy Ellis is back. So that's a, that's a big thing, too. So. I'm going to pick New York, shockingly, right? Austin going into D.C. Now, D.C. is going to have a big crowd, likely. They're doing smart things with ticket, with beer sales, and they have car services and buses or whatever shuttles going to the stadium. That's how they had a big crowd last weekend, and I think everybody was at that crowd at that game for them. Loved it. So they're probably going to go back. Brian, Austin playing for anything here other than pride? Will they beat the hometown team on their last weekend? Uh, I picked, uh, I was a, a rare person to look in the crystal ball and see an old glory win last week. So I'm going to go there again because they're getting uh, f- their internationals back. Mikey Sosani Faye guy, yeah. uh, Jameson Fanana Schultz, Mike Dabulis. Threaten Palamo should be fit. He was almost ready to play this last week, so he should be ready to go. Doug Fraser back in. That's a big boost to them at home, last game of the season. Austin are heartbroken after all they've gone through this season and just missed out. So I just think it's going to be too much for them to overcome in this one. I'm picking old glory at home. Nothing to play for for both these sides. So this will either be a dour affair or it'll be very exciting with the international guys coming back. So hopefully exciting. Uh, I told you Austin by 50. Okay. All right. I I did. That's a bold prediction. Uh, I'm going down the Brian Ray, uh, thought process here i'm going to go with 
Old Glory at home. American flag. God damn it. God damn America. Not that Austin's not America, but East Coast, baby. Keeping it real. Next to last one, LA going to Utah. I'll go, I'll go to Utah just for the home field advantage. But again, we, we, we won't know until the rosters are out on what we're actually looking at here. All right, Brian, he he covered his butt on that one. He didn't want to commit and did the old roster dance. But what do you say? Yeah. Uh, of all the matches this weekend, this is the deadest rubber of all. Uh, you know, no way. It, it's, it's, it's completely different. We, we thought this was going to be a prelude, you know, a preview of the final. It's not really. It's not going to feature those big guys. I'm picking Utah at home uh, just because of the home field advantage. I think LA is going to rest their big guns, play mostly second string side. And, uh, and yeah, that's just what I see happening. I'm going with Utah in this one in front of their home crowd. And then finally, our last match of the 2021 Major League Rugby regular season, Atlanta going up to Boston to play the Free Jacks in Quincy. And John Bradshaw Layfield says the T-Sippers are going to win this one. What do you say, Dan? The T-Sippers. What does ATL want out of this game more than New England? New England will want to win at their new home ground and in front of their fans. They'll put out their strongest side. But what does ATL have to gain? It's the last game of the season. So they'll know coming in exactly where they stand in terms of seedings and all that stuff. They'll know New York, NOLA. Everything will be determined. And then they'll make a decision. Scott Lawrence, he's a smart man. And he will make the best possible decision come game time. So you could go from seeing a super strong ATL to, again, a, a pretty inexperienced ATL in a heartbeat, but I know New England will be strong and they'll be fired up to get a, a big finish to their season up there. A farewell to Ryan Martin. Happy birthday to Marto for the weekend as well. 58 years young. He looks great, Marto, looking sharp. So they want great to send calves. him off a winner. He's got great calves. Good ca- yeah. yeah. So he did a lot of calf raises as a kid, he told yeah. me. Yeah. Couldn't reach the shelf. So he's always on his cast trying to reach the shelf. <laughs> Uh, you know, ATL still has some guys. I think they're going to – Ryan Nail has just come back from a long spell out, so I imagine he will play in this one. If Matt Heaton is fit, they'll want to get him some game time uh, before we get into the knockouts. So this – I mean, any way that Scott Lawrence decides how he wants to line it, it's still going to be a very good ATL side. So uh, I'm under no illusions that this is going to be any kind of layover from them or lay down. Uh, you know, Free Jacks, of course, this is the last game they want to say goodbye to Martin. Um yeah, it's going to be a good game. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the Rattlers to end their season on the high with uh, one last uh, victory. Uh, some young guys impressing Scott Lawrence. And uh, yeah, we'll go with them in a close game over the Free Jacks. I'd like to pick the Free Jacks and Woodgy, but I, I, I'm going to go with ATL. <laughs> I'm going to go with ATL. The Rattlers to slither by the, the Free Jacks in this one and say, don't tread on me in the process. See what you know, see what we're doing. With yeah, that. yeah, the rattlesnake and the flag, and yep, yeah, yep, got it. it. Guys, we're out of time, but but before we go, who's winning the shield, Brian? Uh, I gotta go uh, with the Eastern Conference head boys. I'm gonna go Scott Lawrence and rugby ATL, uh, taking it home. Although, although, if Nola can pull off that miracle against New York, I might be tempted to change my mind, but no, ATL are the hot team for me. I'm gonna go with them, Daniel. LA, LA will win it. The final will be in LA. I think they'll be too strong for Utah in LA. Final will be out in California. And uh, that's uh, it's a road trip and a half. Bounce to the ball. They'll rest the big guns. Skits and Swoop will get it some time off. Probably Meeksy. Um, Angus Crutchell will be back for the final. 
you know, if they get there. So. All right. And on that note, we are out of time. Thank you, Dan Power. Thank you, Brian Ray. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. And we look forward to seeing you next time. But in the meantime, check out our other segments, including The Rugby Odds, featuring WWE Hall of Famer John Bradshaw Layfield, the world's best sports better ever in the Philly Godfather, and Rugby's Gift, Gift A. Bailu, our Major League Rugby show, Martial Law, The Zack Attack, And please sign up for our rugby wrap-up Red Cross blood donor team.